FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Just how close are we to the third temple? Just how bad is the darkness in California? And just how deceived are people who believe they are hearing from God? Just you wait. We'll answer those questions, plus much more, as we explore the signs of the times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecies we find in the world's news for Friday, August 11th, 2023. Just how hard is it to get the right insurance for your needs? Well, just you wait, because our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, would like to show you just how easy it is. For a personalized, no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Now, you can listen to or watch this show again. You can share previous episodes with your friends or ask Pastor Mark that prophecy question you just can't stop thinking about by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that if at first you don't succeed, then skydiving probably isn't for you. (laughs) <laughs> is Pastor Mark. Now, we're going to mix things up today. I've got yeah. a knock-knock joke for All you. Right. Are you ready? You already made me laugh. Go ahead. Okay. That's, well, that, this is, we're off to a good start we are, already. We are. We are. Okay. Um, <laughs> knock-knock. All right. Who's there? Goliath. Goliath who? Goliath down. You look tired. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not bad. All right, hang on now. We got fair and square. Okay, no, okay. All right, I've got a knock-knock joke for you. Okay. All right, all right here we go. No, all right. No, you ready? You start it. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Knock-knock. Who's there? I don't know. Come on, Greg. How is the joke going to work if you don't even know what to say? Well, it's supposed to go the other way around. That's the joke. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the key. No, it made me laugh. It made me okay. As long as I laugh, the, the, listen, we've, we've accomplished. That is the most important That's right. thing. That's right. You have them start it, and they yes. don't know what to say. They look at you like... Listen, I, as a matter of fact, I have to laugh. I'm obligated because otherwise it's kind of like, you know, the, the servants that went yeah. before the kings in the Old Testament. All right. You know, if you had a sad countenance on your face or whatever, it could mean death. Yeah. Well, I will give you one more that will make legitimate. Okay. So, so why, why, why did, the, why did the, the mud-covered chicken cross the road uh, twice? Because he was Because he was a dirty double-crosser. Oh, <laughs> Okay. All right. That's no. That's no. That's pretty good. All right. All right. That's that's, that's for the kids. That's for the kids. All right. Here we go. It's all G-rated. That's right. Uh, Before we before we get into our articles, uh, you've got uh, something that you want to talk about. That we, by the way, just in advance to let you know, and this will only be available on the Way Media app. Uh, under this episode, we will have video links to what Pastor Mark is about to share with us. Yeah, I just, you know, it's in my heart. It's been in my heart a couple of weeks, and it came up again today in my heart. And I like when these things pop in my mind when I'm prepping for the show. I believe God's behind that. Um, you know, especially I'm not just specifically thinking about it, but this whole uh, uh, episode or picture of what's happening in the world, when you watch what's happening, and I begin to watch, you know, certain things that are really starting to formulate. And then I look at the scripture, at what it says prophetically the future is going to take place or what's going to happen. And then you can begin to see. That's a good way to say, this is what's coming. And now you begin to connect the dots when it comes to the Word of God. You know, we, we talked about it even before the show. There's a lot of things where um, there's a, we've talked about a lot of conspiracy things that are out there. But things that are Bible. That's not conspiracy. That's the Bible. And, and again, it's interesting. It says, in um, this is out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read several verses here. 
about what the last days is going to be like. Notice this. Now, the Spirit expressly says, in the latter times. Now, those of you who study prophecy, and probably most of you that listen to our show do to some degree, there's two uh, classifications of the, of the last days. The last days, which it'll mention here in a moment, but the context here is the latter times. Last days, and this may shock some of you if, you've, if you didn't know this, it began at the cross. Uh, theologically and doctrinally, the last days, the Bible says, began at the cross. When Jesus died, the last days began. So again, you can say, wow, it's been 2,000 years. But remember, 2,000 years to God, that's nothing. Okay, so these are the last days. Regardless of what you believe about the Lord's return prophetically, we have been in the last days for the last 2,000 years. If you want to know when we're right at the very doors of the Lord's return, there's another term that's used consistently throughout the Bible. Expositional constancy is a hermeneutical principle. That means God exposes it in a constant way all through the Bible. And there's an expositional constant where God says, and and everything where he uses this term, latter days, L-A-T-T-E-R, or or latter times, is speaking about the very, very end. So you're in the latter days. Things are going to happen at the, uh, I'm sorry, yes. And things are going to happen at the latter times or whatever, um, uh, last days rather. You're in the last days. Things that happen at the latter days or latter times is the very end. So the context here, notice this. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, that means we're at right when the Lord's about to come back, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So here's the context again. These teachings here we see that he's talking about that are going to come into the world here in the last days, the church and the world, are doctrines of demons. They are teaching of demons. So it is literally demonic influence and teaching into our society bringing these things in. And so some of the things you see happening right now in the culture that I'm about to cover, it's, it's demonic, truly demonic, based on the Word of God in, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4. He says this, here's what it's going to be. They're going to be speaking lies and hypocrisy. Well, that one's, yes, obviously that's demonic, but we see that even in the earthly realm. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, that means they're numb to the truth. They, they can lie, it doesn't bother them at all. I mean, just watch modern-day politics. There, People can just lie, and it just doesn't even have any effect whatsoever. Okay, mm. it's, It used to be that Good a lie point. at yeah. least kind of had some effect if you got caught. Now if you get caught, people double down in their lie Okay, in, in politics and, and in the world as well. But notice what else. Look at these two, last two doctrines here I want to look at. Forbidding to marry. Now you might be saying, well, wait a minute, nobody's forbidding anybody to marry. Now here's what I want you to watch as you're looking prophetically. This is where you have to put on those spiritual glasses. The Bible says there will be a big move forbidding marriage in the last days. I believe it's underway. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it will, to what level of success, but there will be the effort for it. Exactly. And there may even be legal things. And, yeah. I, and, and, and what I mean is this. This whole transgender movement, um, the whole confusing of genders, and I'm going to become a, a man if I'm a woman, I'm going to become a woman if I'm a man, all these different things that are happening, um, it's going to so confuse marriage. And what marriage is that I believe at some point you're going to see people saying, look, we just need to do away with marriage altogether and just let people live together, cohabitate, regardless of what gender or beliefs or whatever, blah, 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 which people do anyway. But I'm talking about on a society wide level from the governing authorities. Okay, so be watching for that. I've not heard that yet, but be watching for it. But also, I believe it's going to be something to do with all this uh, fusing, uh, confusing of genders and and fusing of genders and all these different things that are happening with all the sexual confusion and all this kind of stuff. I think it's going to be a thing where it's going to be, look, um, even for tax purposes or legal reasons, they're going to pass laws, I think, that'll mm. say, look, marriage is no longer legal in our county or marriage is no longer legal in our state. So if you're here, married or not, you have the same rights. And so I think you're going to see some legislation. So be watching for that. I've, I've not seen any of it. But again, this makes me think that's going to happen. And I believe it's underway by this big push right now and this whole confusion of male, female and all the gender issues. Mm-hmm. But here's the next one that really was um, actually on my heart today. That one just, I had to drive past that one before I could make the next bus stop. That's okay. You needed to build up for it. That's right. Um, and it says, and commanding to abstain from meats. Some translations say meats. Some translations say foods. It's, it's technically foods, but meats are included in that. Which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. Here's how we know it's talking about meat. For nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God 
and prayer. So um, that's why, again, we don't have the Levitical laws forbidding what we can eat or not eat. When, uh, now, The Lord gave those for a number of reasons we won't go into now. And would you be healthier if you followed God's diet? Yes, I would say so. However, we now have these other foods, and we're not forbidden from them for a number of reasons, uh, doctrinally and scientifically and different things. But anyway, forbidding, uh, uh, ca- causing people, commanding, or causing people to abstain from meat. Okay? That's interesting. Because for those of you, now you, you prophecy buffs that are listening to this show, um, you already know where I'm going with this. Those of you that maybe just tuning in for the first time and, and, uh, you know, thought you were listening, you know, going to hear a ball game or something, you're trying to figure out what station you're on or whatever the case might be. What this is, the Bible is saying is, is that they're going to be trying to forbid people from eating meat in the last days. That's exactly what's been happening here over the last year or so. You've been hearing all these different people, whether it be uh, Bill Gates or the World Economic Forum and all these people saying, look, uh, John Kerry, all these leaders in our government saying, look, we've got to stop eating meat in order to save the environment, to save the climate, to save the planet. Well, first of all, Jesus Christ controls the planet. Colossians chapter 1 says he holds, he holds all things together by his power. So we, we can't save the planet, and we're not called to. We're called to um, have dominion over the earth and use the resources God has given us. That's just what the Bible says. You know, again, we're to be good stewards. I agree. But we can't save the planet. That's, that's why we have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. So this is all just something. It's doctrines of demons so the world can be uh, put under control and set up for this world leader, the Antichrist, coming on the scene at some point soon. But part of that, Greg, is going to be the abstaining from meats. Again, God said, eat these things. It makes you healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. Some certain things are not healthy, but you get my point. That things that are, there's so much good things in red meat, you know, iron, protein, all these things your body needs. And they're going to be saying you have to abstain from that in the last days. Now, we already see the push for, uh, vocally for that. Okay? Don't eat meat. It's bad for the environment. Um, and they're trying to push people now just with the, with the, you know, the vocal cords not to do that. But now they're turning it up a notch. And again, that's why this whole insect thing came in, where now they're wanting people to eat insects and eat bugs and all that, uh, which is happening all over the world and in America, believe it or not. And they're trying to use that as an alternate source of protein. And Anyway, but here's the bottom line, which there's a lot of problems with that. There's a lot of bacteria and issues that you can get sick with with eating bugs. But anyway, um, so... Be watching for a greater push to abstain from foods, specifically abstaining from meat. We're seeing it already. Um, and uh, the price of meat going up so people can't buy it as much, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the attack on the farms. Listen, these things happening worldwide. In the Dutch farms and now America, John Kerry's pushing against farmers in America now. This all goes down to abstain from eating meat. And they use it in other guys of saving the planet, saving the climate, et cetera, if you will. Well, now there's a new level to this that is even more insidious. And these are doctrines of demons and actions of demons working through man. And I think that some of these people involved in this, Greg, they don't even know they're doing it. But um, we uh, on the special, you know, Greg talked about the way media, what we put up there on the app. There's a video of a certain consultant there on the World Economic Forum. And you guys have heard us talk about the World Economic Forum. They gather world leaders every year, and they've got uh, graduates from their school all over the world, uh, you know, in, in governments, et cetera. And, and our president's been there multiple times, et cetera. John Kerry, all these people. Anyway. Gavin Newsom. Yeah. You go down the list. Um, but anyway, what they're, what he said was, it is, and I, I listen to Yuval Harari, you know, their, their prophet, so to speak. He says these things that are really insidious, um, uh, like, you know, hey, if we could have something where we could see inside of people, we would know what they're thinking. And a dictator, oh, they would love that because they would know who's on their side and who wasn't and they could put them to death. Oh, how the dictators of the past would have loved to have had that. And he doesn't come out and say, and guess what? If you're hearing me now, you dictators, you can get it because we're working on it. He just puts that out there, letting all the dictators know, yeah, that would be great. Now, he's planting seeds to make it happen and pretending like all he's doing is presenting the news. Well, now there's this guy there on the World Economic Forum. They asked him, say, how do we stop the world from, you know, eating so much meat? It's hurting the environment. How do we do this? And he gives his answer is one of the solutions is we have this. We can genetically modify things with something called alpha gal that we can put in that you literally if you if you could get it inside of people, it creates a meat allergy so that when they eat meat, they get deathly ill. Um, it's transmitted by certain ticks as well. They're seeing it down in Texas or whatever. His point was, if we could get the alpha gal into people in some form and fashion, hint, hint, nod, nod, wink, wink, uh, then we could make people allergic to meat and they wouldn't be eating meat. And so he makes that statement. And then uh, lo and behold, um, according to, and, and I'm, and I'm again, looking at an article here from, um, it's called uh, the national library of medicine, the NIH, 
They're talking about immunotherapy, and they're saying, we believe that alpha-gal, the thing that causes meat allergies, would be a great way to control COVID-19 and other illnesses of our day. Now, they don't say that in their in their scientific journal here. All they say is, is that it's a great thing for COVID-19. Well, if that's all you hear, and you think, yeah, why don't we do that? Let's put it in COVID-19, like this guy at the World Economic Forum already hinted that You're he wanted to do. You're talking about putting it into the sh- into, into the, the shot. vaccine, not oh. into COVID-19, the disease. Right, into okay. shots. Yes. Into shots. Whether yes. it's a COVID-19 shot, whether yes. it's a flu shot, whether it's a child um, um, uh, schedule shots, whatever. If they can get the alpha gal in there under the guise of, boy, this is really going to help fight all these bad things out there, but they don't tell you that it can cause a very, a very violent meat allergy, then everybody's going to just accept it. And then people are going to start getting these meat allergies all over the world. Man, I used to get to eat meat, but I can't eat a burger now. I can't eat a steak. I, can't eat, I get deathly ill and sick. Something's happened. Guys, listen, th- these are doctrines of demons. I-, I don't even know if these men know what they're doing. I don't know if these men, I think the World Economic Forum does, because he's dropping hints. And and now you see the, the, the library of, of, of medicine here saying, you know, this is something that would be great to fight against other illnesses. But when you know what it does, my point is, I think we're seeing how this form is going to formulate. I believe through some of these um, uh, vaccine schedules or shot schedules, you're going to see certain elements introduced that they now know have certain reactions. And if they want to create, uh, get people, if they want to forbid the eating of meat and it wants to be more than just maybe a strong suggestion, they'd like to make you do it because they can make you deathly ill. I think you're going to see some of these people trying to get these things in shots of some kind. I think you need to be aware of it. Just be aware. Um, there's so much stuff going on here that are doctrines of demons that are entering in that are that are biblical. The Bible says it was going to happen. The Bible talks about it here in First Timothy four. We need to be aware of it. Signs of the times, listeners, and just be aware of that for you and your family um, coming to a shot near you. And so, um, again, I, I just you know I, I can't. I, I never knew. I never thought in a million years you'd see this type of stuff coming in that would be used this way. But we didn't know till it began to formulate. But I do think you're going to see uh, again an increasing forbidding to marry. And forbidding to eat meat, I think you're going to see the forbidding to marry coming through a lot of this um, whole gender confusion things that are happening. I think you're going to see the forbidding to eat meat coming in by suggestion, which is happening now, but also because people are just suddenly going to start getting these allergies to meat, and they're going, how is this happening? I don't know, where is this coming from? Well, they're letting us know. For those who have ears to hear, and you hear what they're saying at the World Economic Forum and others, they're letting us know we're putting it into certain shots and we're, because we want to make people stop eating meat, it's insidious, it's evil, it's doctrines of demons. I say this, skip the shot and go get a filet mignon and have a great evening this <laughs> evening. So either way, that's what's on my heart. I Really, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but the bottom line is I want our listeners to be aware. Just be on your toes. There's a lot of things going on that are behind the scenes that are doctrine, that are demonic, and the Bible warns us about it. We, we know some of them. There's two that we know about. So be watching for it. Be aware of it. Be prepared for it. That's what was on my heart. And so um, we can move on. Well, you know what's Maybe interesting. You want to add to that. Yeah, I, I do want to add to that okay. because the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yeah. And any way that he can accomplish that, whether right. it whether it's it's through the thinking or perpetuating the thinking that you want to know what. We just need to reduce the world's population. That's right. That's right. And and that rhetoric leads to action. Right. And now that action is now going to play itself out as, okay, well, let's shut down the farmers. Uh, Let's uh, blow up food processing plants. Um, Let's try to get people, trick people into eating things that look like meat and taste like meat but aren't meat. Right. They're made out of plants or they're made out of bugs. Or now let's give them a shot uh, that's a Trojan horse. It, we're saying it's supposed to do these things, but really what it's going to do are do these other things that might not necessarily, or that particular thing, the alpha gal, might not necessarily kill them, but will make them so allergic to eat that they won't even want to oh, eat. Oh, yeah. Who meat. wants to? Yeah, you so, don't want to. Doctrines of demons, the insidiousness, the sinister schemes that are part of all of this is just amazing. It is. And the larger picture, Greg, you nailed it. You know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Lord said, I've come to give life and life more abundant. So here's what he does. God says, I'm going to give you steak, and I'm going to make it taste fantastic. I'm going to give you burgers. (laughs) I'm going to make them taste fantastic. And what does Satan say? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to take that from men. I'm going to remove that from man. I'm going to get his meat away from him. I'm going to take away his enjoyments. It's the same thing like with the climate. 
It's like, okay, I'm going to give uh, men these great, I'm giving an idea of creating vehicles that can really just have a lot of fun and do all this kind of, nope, nope, you're killing the environment, take those vehicles away. Anything that brings joy into your life, uh, family connections, being together, loving each other, nope, you got everybody stay home, locked down, you can't see each other for years, don't go to each other. The expressions of a face, the beauty of a smile, nope, cover that with a mask. This is so demonic, every bit of this is demonic and it's just the opposite of what God created man to be and to do. And we see it, those of us who have spiritual eyes see it, and the Bible talks about it. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on for that for a yes. while, but we won't. We have other things to go on about, yes. uh, such as this uh, information from Israel, specifically from All Israel News. Uh, this, I guess this has to do with an Israeli TV report about the red heifers being yes. brought to Israel last year. Yes. Uh, they are saying we are now almost, almost everything is ready for the third temple. Wow. And uh, can't wait for you to read this article because very interesting statistic coming out of yes, this. Yes, I'll tell you what else. Things are really ramping up, guys, for the temple. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Let me read some of this and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Israel's TV channel 12 news released an investigative report about five of the red heifers that were brought to the Jewish state last September from Texas. And supposed uh, uh, supposed funneling of government funds to construct the third temple. That's the real another big story mm. in the back. It, it appears that the government is funneling funds to have the money to build the third temple. Greg, they're not announcing that. That would cause a, a, a hissy fit. Could you happening. could you imagine if our government was secretly funneling funds to Christian organizations to be able to go out and evangelize the lost? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's on that level. Yeah. And, but our Congress used to do that. Oh, I know. They Back used to in give the funds. Yeah, yes. they would send around the world, you know. And so. well, we'd send missionaries from Congress. Yeah. Right? Isn't Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, yes. Israeli journalist Amri Maniv, who has posted to social media multiple times about the red heifers and their meaning, conducted the investigation. Last month, the journalist tweeted about an experiment conducted by Bar Ilan University professor Zohar Amar, who attempted to determine how many people could be ritually purified by one heifer. Now, this is mm. something I bought. Somebody said that, how many heifers do you need? I said, really? They had one heifer that they think lasted for 2,000 years. This is this statistic's amazing. Here it is. In the study, Professor Omar said that one red heifer, one, one, could provide enough ashes to purify 660 billion purifications. That's billion with a B. Yes, it is. Really amazing. Um, and how many people are on Earth? Uh, we have, we're getting close to 8 billion now. 7 point something, but maybe getting right up toward 8 billion now. So, I mean, that that many times over, that many times over, yeah. which we know won't be, but just the fact that you can do that many purifications from one That's right. is and, amazing. And remember, Greg, they believe now they may have found our tour guide believes yes. that he dropped major hints that they found in one of the jars in the Qumran cave, some ashes that he believes were ashes from the red heifer that were brought down from that were there in the temple 2000 years ago. Probably get them started, right? Yes. And but those ashes were already from a heifer that they'd been using during Jesus day. And who, and who, longs, how long, who knows how much before? And there's enough ashes, he said, to go ahead and do everything now with the temple just from that. So, again, all they need is one red heifer. They've got two right now that are doing stellar and and others, they say they're going to bring in, but I, and they say they're about a year away, a year to a year and a half away of, of them ready to be sacrificed. And supposedly uh, these funneling monies behind the scenes. Again, Maniv argued that the government has shifted funds <laughs> from other accounts for the purpose of preparing for the purification rituals and the possibility of the third temple. Many rabbis have forbidden their followers from going up to the temple mount because they're not in a state of ritual purity. Interesting. So a lot of Jews yeah. who want to go up there aren't because they can't be purified. Yeah. Well, you bring the heifer in, they can be, cur- they can be purified. He also hmm. argues that the funds are being shifted quietly not to raise tensions inter- internationally, uh, I'm sorry, internally, and with the Arab population. Exactly. <laughs> Just two weeks ago, near the site of biblical Shiloh, so but that's where the first tabernacle was, yes. okay? Where the tabernacle was kept during the time of the judges, I think something like three hundred and sixty-nine years. A group of Jews descended from the tribe, of, descended from the tribe of Levi, and priestly families enacted a practice run, a practice run rather. I'm sorry, of the purification ceremony. The event occurred at a site called the Ancient Shiloh, affiliated with the Temple Institute, and contained explanations of the priestly functions, including sacrifice. The event also featured a temple banquet containing foods from the Second Temple and biblical period. So they are practicing. They're they're going through the motions. They've got now the heifers. As a matter of fact, if you go now, I think they're going to be, they're either on display now or will be soon at Ancient Shiloh. When you go to Israel and visit, you'll be able to see the heifers that they're that they're raising up to be used. 
And um, and so you know this this is one of the major signs of the times of the last days, the latter days, and that is the building of the third temple and the Antichrist being in the third temple, declaring that he's God. Now remember. They can start the sacrifices prior to the temple being built. And according to the uh, rabbi at the Temple Institute, whom we asked, he said they can have the temple built in six months easily. So if they start the uh, sacrifices, they build it in six months at the beginning of the seven years, if that agreement is done, they would have the temple two and a half years before the Antichrist would even need to stand up in it at the midpoint and declare that he's God. So all this is just falling into place, and it's very, very exciting. You know, it's interesting as I think about some of our building projects here at the church. Could you <laughs> could you imagine how long it would take us to rebuild the third temple here well, yeah, again, in this country with again, all of our regulations? Anyway, I'm again, just well, having fun. But. Noah could have never built his ark. Everyone would have died, even his own family. At some point, I mean, they, 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 it would have taken him 120 years to get the permit. You know what I mean? That's all they worked on the ark. And maybe by the year 119, they finally get their permit. They're in the ark. <laughs> well, we'll put it in perspective. The ark was built by amateurs, and the Titanic was built by professionals. So... <laughs> there you go. All right, let's come back to this country. On the boats and on the planes. It's episode 274 of Science of the Times continues on Friday, August 11th. We visit the blaze to uh, see where a CNN reporter exposes just how bad the violent crime surge in Oakland has become. As one neighbor uh, uh, of Oakland exclaims, I can't take it yeah, anymore. This is amazing. Look, when the liberal media starts talking about how bad the crime is, you know it's really gotten bad because they've been hiding it for years, pretending it's not there. Again, remember we saw when the riots were happening a couple of years ago in the streets of America everywhere with the flames burning behind them. They're saying, you know, this seems to be a peaceful riot. He literally said that. He literally said this is a peaceful protest, and the building's on fire behind him. I said, only CNN could pull that off. Yes. Anyway, and the, and the people watching it are probably going, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Very, wow, very that is that's, peaceful. It's a campfire. What a nice yes. fire. Marshmallows. You know, hot dogs. Yeah, they're serving, they're serving anything but meat. Um, and forbidding to, to marry during the, during that, during the time of, of revelry. Anyway, as Oakland experiences a surge in violent crime, city residents are reportedly being asked to alert neighbors to crimes in progress using air horns. Oh, wow. That's going to get them. <laughs> That's going to You know, I'm, I'm here to kill you. Uh, you know, I'm is that like a tornado warning? I just think about how sad, tornado it, Greg, how sad this is. I know it is. It We're going to stop crime by blowing an air horn? They're breaking. But listen, this is how bad. Look how bad it is. CNN reporter Kwang Law recently traveled to the crime-laden city where brazen assaults and robberies are in broad daylight. Break-ins and home invasions during the day have become the norm. Race and income make no difference, she said, because everyone seems to be a target. Crime statistics indeed show that while murders in Oakland are down, crimes such as robberies, burglaries, and even rape are up by double-digit percentages. I, there was a lady um, um, on, a, on, a, on a, a news post that I saw that was giving a thing at the time about how bad it was, where she was. I think it was, it was either there or one of these cities that's really doing horrible right now. And she said she was just walking somewhere, and some guy called her name, get out of my way, you blankety-blank. And she was like, you know, I'm just trying to walk toward her. He said, move now and get out of my way, or I'm going to rape you. Wow. I mean, that's, she was like, and he would have. She could tell. She just kind of backed away and got quiet, and the guy went on. I mean, it is open, just blatant, in-your-face. You know, this. I don't know if you read this morning in the WBR News, as far as I know, we haven't had a carjacking out of Weigel's yet, or what? It just happened. Somebody, while your car's there getting gas, you're not a guy pulled up in a truck. Actually, there at Weigel's doing something else. So something, somebody jumped in his car and took off, or whatever. And um, you know, so these are big city problems. We're now having carjackings at our at our little old Weigel's. I mean, car, you know, carjackings. I mean, I, again, I don't think it's gonna be long. You're gonna see, you know, shootings, rapes. In, in larger number around here because the world is moving to the south. The world's coming in across the borders by the droves. And again, we have to wake up and realize it's not the old Knoxville we used to know. Um, and so we need to be on our toes. Everybody needs to be on your toes and be aware, um, able to protect your families and be ready to share the gospel. Um, it's just kind of how it is. But again, when I see this kind of stuff, you know, Greg, this is going to become, we think about it in the big cities. When it's it's not just the big cities. It's coming to a town near you. And this whole world, by the way, we talked about Noah. We talked about the ark. Remember, the world got progressively more violent over those last 120 years that God gave him to build the ark until finally it was totally out of control. Um, and we're going to see the same thing happening in our days as well. As, as Jesus said, when I come back, it will be like in the days of Noah. And you look at the days of Noah, violence filled the earth. Evil was continually in the heart of man. 
Uh, and we're getting back to that. The good news is, again, this is all stuff that we're sad about the carnage, but we're excited about the times mm-hmm. because that means the Lord is soon to come back and get his bride and this, and then come back and make this world righteous. And I can't wait. Did I can't fin- wait. Did you finish reading that article? I did. Uh, here we go. No, I didn't. A couple more. You, you had something you wanted to cover, probably. No, I just wanted to make sure that you did read it. It says, it's, it's, let me finish. I'm, you're right. Crime statistics indeed show that while murders in Oakland are down, crime sets are Oh, I read that one. The surge has forced some lifelong Oakland residents like Kristen Cook to leave her hometown. And I quote, I love Oakland. It's very hard for me and my son, especially my son, uh, the Cook told law or Cook told law. I can't take it anymore. I got to the point where I was too scared even to leave my house. Look. Even the Oakland Raiders left, and now I shouldn't. I shouldn't make a football joke. It's coming in the season. I won't pick on them. You're yeah. an Oakland fan, no? But I'm saying they have that whole. They're I'm, supposed to be the bad guys, right? Yeah. Even the bad guys of football had to get out of town. Yes. If the bad guys of football had to get out, had to get out of town, then who can take it? The baseball team's leaving too. Well, again, so, strike three. Nothing left but crime. Yeah. Anyway, it's sad. It and, is and, very sad. And, and again, you know, obviously, guys, you have to be praying for our nation and praying for these cities. But it's sad when you turn God away and you start just rejecting the foundational truth of God's word, you're going to see these kind of things happen. And basically, Greg, we're reaping what we've sown as a nation. It's growing. It's it's blooming. And also, too, uh, this kind of lawlessness is wholesale. And what I mean by that is um, within the last few weeks, there was a, um, a daytime robbery in Glendale, California, of an Yves Saint Laurent store. Very high end. High end merchandise. Right. It was, I think, 30 to 40 people at one time came into the store in broad daylight and just wholesale grabbed everything, looted the store in one felt swoop, took off in about 20 getaway cars, uh, over $300,000 worth of merchandise uh, in the store, just gone, just like that. Uh, And so, so what you're seeing is you're seeing not only brazenness, but in being emboldened. Yeah. So, the Bible is true when it says, um, where lawlessness abounds, the love of, or because lawlessness abounds, I should say, and I think those were Jesus' words, the love of many will grow cold. That's right. And so, that's exactly what we're seeing when we're tearing down laws that are supposed to be there for good reasons, and you've got this chant that the police are bad, and now all of a sudden nobody... Nobody wants to be, quote-unquote, the bad guy. Yeah. And now you've got stuff like this. We know we talked earlier about whatever God does, Satan does the opposite. Yes. Well, Satan is the one that gave us, I mean, God is the one that gave us the biblical law, if you will, the biblical foundation for right and wrong. God gave us that. Yeah. So what does Satan say? Oh, yeah? I'm taking that away. Yeah. So whenever you see something that goes directly against the word of God, you see, you see Satan coming to take away, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. Even as Jesus said, that's what's happening here. Yeah. That's Pastor Mark Kirk, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times. It's our weekly take on Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we've tagged as podcast number 274, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. All right, let's get into some growing anti-Semitism. Uh, not hard to find, like lawlessness and all this other stuff we've been talking about. This uh, article is from the Times of Israel. A report co-authored by the Anti-Defamation League warns that Europe's far left is normalizing anti-Semitism. You know, it's very interesting. Could be the theme title for today's show, because we're talking about a normalization of things that shouldn't be normal. Exactly. And, you know, we've talked about it before, the the, the hatred. And God talks about the ancient hatred yeah, that ancient, people have yes. for the nation of Wednesday Israel. Night, yes. It is demonic. It is spiritual. Um, and once again, we see now, again, they're trying to normalize this. I want to read this and then for a moment just kind of chat on this. But the entry of a far-left party into government in Spain is allowing anti-Semitism to return to mainstream platforms, the Anti-Defamation League said Tuesday. The assertion appeared in a report on left-wing anti-Semitism published by the Anti-Defamation League and partner organizations in France, United Kingdom, Germany, and Spain. In France, the far-left politician Jean-Luc Mélenchon is harnessing... um, As long as it wasn't Jean-Luc Picard. Yes, no, Jean-Luc Mélenchon is harnessing and mainstreaming anti-Semitism, according to um, K, the Paris-based French-Jewish magazine that authored the France segment. In Germany, the debates on the political left are normalizing anti-Semitism and shifting the baseline. Um, 
Uh, and there's the, an anti-defamation group wrote in a segment dealing with that, uh, with the country on this report or dealing about that in this report. What once was considered an extreme position a few years ago is now a central opinion in a wider discourse. Now, notice what happens. Satan moves the goalposts. We talk about that. He kind of changes things a little bit. You get used to it. And once you're used to it, you can move a little bit more than you're used to it. You move a little bit more. I mean, let me just point out, do we have an anti, um, 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 you know, Anglican league? Anglican Defamation League, or an anti-black league, or an anti-Hispanic league, uh, or an anti-whatever. I'm not saying there's not um, uh, racial issues with all groups. My point is, if you look at this, why is there an anti-Defamation League for the Jews? Why, why is it the Jews have to have their own group to fight against uh, the defamation? Because they're the ones that constantly get attacked on all sides. Again, I know there are other groups out there. I realize that. I'm not saying that other people aren't suffering from being attacked by their color or their nation or whatever else or their background. I get that. Yeah. And and our heart's with you on that. I'm not in any way discrediting that. What I'm saying is nobody else has to have their own group that is an anti-whatever that has been around for centuries. You know, these guys, this, of course, they had, this group hadn't been around for centuries, but them fighting against anti-Semitism for thousands of years. Yes. It is because it is a spiritual battle. God made a promise to the Jews. Satan is fighting against God. And again, I just say this. Anything God does, Satan tries to go against. So that's why the Jews are so hated. You know, it's interesting, Greg, when I watch how it falls, how Satan uses this uh, hatred of the Jews. Um, and they're by no means perfect. We know that. You know, we, we support them because God said to. Genesis 12, 3, those who bless you, I'll bless. Those who curse you, I'll curse. And God said, you support them. So we do. It's not about them being good or bad. It's being obedient to God. But... It's interesting when you look at this uh, hatred, and again, the ancient hatred of the Jews, there are certain things that God said he would do for the Jews, and what Satan does is he takes the natural human response and just uh, it magnifies it. For example, people get jealous when other people have money. They just do. People get jealous when other people are smart. They just do. Well, if you look at Jewish history, you'll find that the Jews have been the, probably the smartest population on the planet. The number of Nobel Prizes they have far exceed any other nation on the planet. Um, you look at their finances. People always make jokes about the fact that Jews and their money. That's the big joke. Well, they do have, not all of them, but a lot of them are very successful financially and in business. There's a reason. God told them he was going to bless them in their endeavors. And God even said, I'm going to give you the ability to make money. And they've given, they've given, he's given them wisdom on how to manage their money it, as well. Exactly. And even technologically, God said, I'll bless yeah. you in all these areas. They're the ones that created the iPhone. Many people don't realize that. That came out of Israel. There's Many inventions. These, I mean, it goes on yeah. and on and on. Here's my point. God is the one who's blessed these people with the, with the intellect they have. God is the one who's blessed them with the ability to make money. It's the human sinful nature that goes, well, that's not fair. I need that money. Or, well, we're just whatever, this kind of thing. Um, and Satan just exacerbates it. He makes it worse and just magnifies it or whatever. And then, of course, he feeds into this fire to make them hate it. Or they actually have to have their own anti-defamation league just to fight against this ancient hatred that's against them. And... This is, we're right on target. The Bible said it will increase more and more in the latter days. So as we get more and more toward the return of Jesus Christ, you're going to see more and more hatred toward the Jews. And we as Christians have to fight against that. Again, we're not defending them in the sense that they never do anything wrong in their government or they never do anything wrong as a people group. No, we defend them because God said stand with them and defend them, support them and encourage them. He said, if you do, then I'll be a blessing to you. So the church has got to make sure we stand with them. Here, Look, I expect the world being led by the spirit of Satan to fight against the Jews. Okay, I do not expect the church who is supposed to be led by the spirit of God to fight against the Jews. And sadly... We see many church and church groups who openly oppose the Jewish people. Um, you know, look, did the Jews, are they responsible for pushing the crucifixion of Christ? Of course, they, of course they are. It would be a lie to say that the Jews weren't there saying crucify him, crucify him, working as hard as they could behind the scenes. We get that. But ultimately, let me just say this. Ultimately, it was not the Jews that killed Jesus Christ. And that's been a false teaching by the Catholic Church for centuries, which again has led to many, um, uh, is another reason the Jews are hard to reach because they see the church as the Catholic Church. And they say, well, you guys have been persecuting us for centuries. Why would we listen to you now? It's not the Jews did not put Jesus Christ to death. They, as well as the Gentiles, with the Romans working with them, put Jesus physically to death. But it was a much larger thing. The Bible says that God himself 
put Jesus to death. And the reason it pleased God, as it says in Isaiah, to bruise him and to crucify him is because it was the only way that our sins could be paid for. So God is the one who put Jesus on the cross. God is the one who put in, in, in before the foundation of the world that Jesus would be crucified so that he could pay for our sins on the cross and we could be forgiven. So two things. God put Jesus on the cross and I did. I put, how did I put him? How, why am I guilty? I'm guilty because my sin had to be paid for. So I crucified Jesus and I'm thankful that he forgives me for doing that. Anyway. Well, and also too, for the joy set before him. Yeah. That's so, right. So, That's he, right. You're so, exactly so, right. So even, even Jesus himself had the end goal in view. Yep. And that was exactly what you said, the forgiveness of our sins. So with the joy of knowing what that was going to mean for those that would receive it, he stepped forward and did that. And if it wasn't the Jews, the fulfillment would have come through another people. That's right. That's right, Greg. Because, because, Because the death had to be paid. That's the only way the sin could be paid is through the death. It didn't really matter. It's inconsequential in the bigger scheme of things that it was at the hands of the Jews or the hands of the Romans. But the death had to be there because that was God's mandate to pay for sin. That's right. And it was Jew and Gentile working yep. together. You had the Jews screaming crucify. You had yep. the Roman soldiers that were beating him and leading him to the cross. So Jew and Gentile worked together. But Greg, you know that here's the bottom line. It had to happen. Look, Jesus could have stopped this process at any moment he any wanted. Moment. If it was not Jesus' will, if it was not the Father's will to go to the cross, then you could say, well, it was the Jews and the Gentiles that put Jesus to, de- to death. The Romans and the Jews worked together. They put Jesus to No, it wasn't the Romans and the Jews that put Jesus to death. It was our sins, conglomerate together, worldwide sinners, because Jesus had to die for us to be for- so our sins could be forgiven. And, and because the joy set before him to, in forgiving us, we now have eternal uh, you know, forgiveness in heaven and our place in heaven. And I just thank God for that. What a yeah. blessing that he went to the cross for, for you and me and for all of us. Amen. Our next story, Pastor Mark, uh, comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 3. This is ABC <laughs> News. The U.S. government to harden their stance against Israel's, quote-unquote, illegal settlement, settlements in occupied West Bank. Yes, no, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna I was just gonna give you a new acronym for US or what that stood for, which is unprecedented stupidity. Yeah, well here's the thing, uh, Greg. I don't want I don't mean to take away from my no. show. I should have said it. It's not the US government here is talking about. Oh, I thought it was the US government. No, this is the Australian government oh, that they're talking about. My but, bad. No, but here's the thing. But it's still kind of true. Well, the US government is still fighting very much against the nation yes. of Israel. And they're doing that right now through this whole Saudi thing. So you're not wrong. I'm just saying in this article, in this, article this is gotcha. not the article to use for that. But this is where I'm making a note, guys, keep your eyes on Australia. And let me just say this. Um, What's going on? Something's going on in Australia that's connected to the last days and this world government system. I'm telling you, they are tyrannical in that country. They are leading the world in this new world government system. They are. They're leading the world in in this whole push for AI, for the mark, for the masks, for the shot. They are leading this one world crackdown. So here again. I don't have anything. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the Australian government. But let me say this to our Signs of the Times listeners. I'm telling you, they are greatly right in the middle of it. There's something happening. Keep your eye on Australia. I'm not saying the Antichrist is going to come out of Australia. I'm saying keep your eye on Australia because they are right now the Antichrist, the, the spirit of Antichrist, and Satan is using them as a world leader in getting this whole world government thing together. So I, I saw that back during the, the, the COVID-19 thing, and you're seeing it now in this. But the Australian government, again, notice what it says. Uh, the federal government is set to strengthen its objection to Israel settlements. In the West Bank, the Palestinian territory occupied by Israel. Here's the key points. Foreign Minister, this is for the Australian Foreign Minister, Penny Wong, says the government will use the term occupied Palestinian territories. What they're saying is, you don't belong there. <laughs> That's not, Listen, that is none of your business, Mrs. Wong. You are so wrong about this. <laughs> this is, God said, that is my land, that is my territory. I'm the one that put the Jews there, and nobody's ever going to take them out. That is none of your business, and God said, don't touch it. You're touching the ac- apple of my eye. Yep. Notice number two, she says the change will align Australia with the United Nations, the U.K., the New Zealand, and Europe. Um, the language uh, used... By the Australian ministers to describe the settlements has been inconsistent over the years. During Labor's caucus briefing, Foreign Minister Penny Wong said that the government was looking to, and I quote, strengthen the government's objection to settlements by affirming that they are illegal under international law and signified uh, a significant obstacle to peace. No, they are legal in God's eyes, and you're the obstacle to peace, and you're the obstacle to all things righteous. 
Last month, the Australian government issued a statement along with Canada. And I'll give us another one. Okay. Australia and Canada, they are also leading the world. These, here's the thing, Greg, that's interesting to me. These are weak nations. Well, but they are being used to lead this new tyrannical Antichrist spirit world government thing. Canada, Austria are hand in hand. The Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau yes. is is also a disciple of Klaus Schwab. Okay, exactly. Well, and, and he's got people in Australia too. Exactly. I mean, again, this is it. You know, you this don't, is, yeah. don't follow Australia. Canada will leave you dry. And the United Kingdom to say they were deeply concerned by recent events in Israel and the West Bank. So notice this: United Kingdom being pulled into this. Part of the article I think mentioned France. I put that. I I, I cut parts out to get my articles down to smaller, but the bottom line is, yeah. uh, leave France out because I can't verify it now, but you have UK, you've got uh, Canada, you've got Australia. I'm telling you, UK not, is not being used right now in the way that these guys are. The, yeah. the, the, the stronger leaders right now in the world are Australia and Canada. I mean, there's something going on demonic yeah. in these nations where they have a foothold. The, the enemy has gotten in, Greg, in a yeah. big way in these, in these governments. You know, it's funny, when that article started off saying federal government, that's why I thought the United States. Yes. But yes. what's kind of interesting is is it's kind of prophetic in a way because there will be a one world government and this one world government will be you know, so all of these individual governments are basically are they're starting to do the same thing as the as the other governments yeah. are doing. Yeah. So you can you can see the formation yeah. through these policies, through these dictates, through these, you know, whatever you want to call them when it even in this case when it comes to the hatred of the Jews. Yeah. You know that they're all singing the same song. It is. It, 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 you're exactly right. And again I just I get what strikes me it didn't even hit me till now. These are the weaker countries. I just find that interesting that it's almost like maybe coming in clandestine where you wouldn't think. If you see yeah. America going, we're going to be a one world government, everybody would go, whoa. Yeah. But the, Australia? And, uh, and Canada? I mean, the, what, Canada has geese. And, they, and, and they, they're almost, I, I got to be careful. I'm not picking yeah. on Canada. Canada's a great place. I'm yeah. just upset with where Canada is right now. So let me take that back. Yes. I love Canada. And in Australia, the people there and all this, nothing to do with that. But the enemy's gotten in. Well, you know what's also interesting, too, Pastor Mark? And you talked about Yuval Noah Harari being somewhat of the prophet. So to speak, for this uh, this new this new religion uh, through the World Economic Forum, right? You've all know a Harari being a Jew. You you would think on an earthly level would be working to restore uh, uh, you know credibility and and neutralness at the very least in the eyes of the world towards the Jewish people yeah. towards the nation of Israel. Yeah. And if anything, he's being silent. Uh, if not behind the scenes, you know, advocating for these very things that we're hearing in the news as far as against Israel, against Israel. Oh, he's not being silent. Oh, oh, no, he's in the streets with groups marching against his own nation, nation. trying to stop okay. the, all kinds of things. You know, he's very involved over okay. there fighting against his own nation. Okay. Just, you know, you don't see that in the regular news. Yeah, exactly. and we've never talked about it. Yes. But I know that from other sources. Okay. Um, he well, that's is, just amazing to me. Yeah, and here's the thing. Look, God put in his name, and I say God, I think names have, you know. Yes, have, they have meaning. Yeah, he's like the, the, his Noah, you know, the, when God had to judge the earth, here's a man being used to push this earth toward judgment. And his very name should be screaming to him, wake up. Didn't you see this happened already in your history? You're not being used by the enemy to promote the judgment in the last days. Again, I'm not saying he's anything to do with Antichrist right. or false pride. That's, I don't think he is. But even his own name should be screaming at him, going, what are you doing? God's judged the earth once. He's going to judge it again by fire. He put the name, the man who, who was alive when the first judgment came, in your name, and you're not trying to lead this second drive toward judgment. It's amazing to me the blindness uh, that are in these people. But again, I guess that's why it's called blindness, because you can't see what you're doing. <laughs> that's right. <sighs> oh, my. Okay. Let's head to the church. If you come to this church on Sunday, uh, you will be in the book of Acts with Pastor Mark. That's right. But if you go to the church that we are going to read about from uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, you're not going to be hearing much about the Word of God, at least the truth of it, because yeah. the Christian Post is reporting that a female, uh, uh, what is it, is it uh, Presbyterian Church USA PC pastor? PCUSA. PCUSA yes. pastor, quote-unquote, felt God's presence and no sin, not just after one abortion, but after two. Yeah, let me say, just for our, our Presbyterian friends listening, there are different there are groups, different groups. and denominations. Yes. This is not the conservative Presbyterian, normal Presbyterian church. They would not approve of this. Yes. This is a very liberal, 
uh, a section of the of the Presbyterian Church called PCUSA. So you need to separate those two and realize that this not this is not representative of the Presbyterian Church as a whole. So I want to make that clear that that we believe there are some very godly people involved in the Presbyterian Church. But this PCUSA, again, this first of all, notice this as a female pastor. Now here's here's the first problem. You know, it's interesting whenever you see false teaching and false doctrine. Again. Um, God has certain guidelines to keep that from happening. Well, God forbids women from being pastors, not because that means they're going to have false doctrine. It just means God said, because of the fall, I'm not going to permit a woman to have authority over a man or to be in that position. So, so already in the this, context of the church, yes, and already this, 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 this uh, lady here uh, is already out of order. She's already out of order before God. It doesn't surprise me. She doesn't know God. It doesn't surprise me. She couldn't hear from God because she's already in a place that God forbids her to be. But anyways, as a female pastor who is also a planned parenthood advisor delivered a sermon in which she felt that she felt God's presence when she aborted two pregnancies and blasted evangelicals for their toxic theology on the subject. Let me say this. Well, let me finish reading it because I've only got one of the short things. Yeah, we'll just, talk yeah about. that's good. In a sermon delivered July 9th at the community church in Chapel Hill Unitarian uh, Universalists in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, um, the Reverend Rebecca Todd Peters, and she's anything but reverend, spoke candidly about her own experience with abortion and how she views the scripture through that lens. Again, there, there are spiritual feelings and a presence that is real, but sometimes it's real demonic. First John 4, 4, isn't it? Test the spirits. Yes, test the spirits to see whether they be of God. Yeah. You can have a legitimate spiritual experience and it not be God because God kicks Satan and the angels out of heaven. And so they can they can give you a spiritual experience. They can surround you spiritually and let you feel that, if you will. But it is is demonic. You know, it reminds me of uh, you know in the past I've heard people say, well, you know, I've I've gotten done these things, whether it be palm reading, um, you know, at Whole Foods. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's a joke because they're doing the palm thing now. At Whole Foods. <laughs> or whether okay. whether it be palm reading or whether it be um, and they're that's just for groceries. They're not really doing spiritual palm reading but anyway whether it be palm reading or seances or whatever they say it was real there was a real spiritual thing going on that person told me things that nobody could know uh but you know but but the spiritual realm and god and what i say to that is look you no, you're wrong you can know it god can know it and the demonic realm can know it as well yeah because they see your life they watch your life and all they have to do is move through someone who's being led by the demonic spirits to say to you what only you and the demonic spirits in God could know. So is it real? Yes. But is it God? No. It's real. It's just real demonic. And so don't be don't be stumbled by things that even seem real spiritually. You got to say which spirit is it? And obviously this particular person was led by the spirit uh, of of Satan in saying these things and being used by Satan. Now, before we move on, I want to make this comment because I don't want to just pass by the fact a female pastor and not get some explanation. I'm not just being derogatory against women or saying female pastor. I don't. I, don't, I need to give you some explanation. The, Paul tells us in Timothy that one of the consequences of the fall in the garden was that a woman would not be allowed to have authority over a man, and to be a pastor, you have to have authority over men. There's no way you can be a pastor. And not have authority over men. You can kind of finagle that and say it's just a title, it's just this and that. But pastors have authority over the flock. So it has nothing to do with against women. It has nothing to do against that. Women are very, they're just as smart and even smarter in many cases than men. They're just as spiritual and can be even more spiritual than men. God uses women in beautiful spiritual ways. Uh, the point is, is that there are certain boundaries for male and female that God has set up in his economy. And God has said in this economy, um, a man cannot have a baby regardless of what some people are telling you, anybody that has a baby who says they're a man, they're really a biological woman. A man cannot have a baby. God forbid that. It's only women he allows to do that. And a woman, a woman cannot have authority over a man. God says that's how I've set it up. And he says that as one of the consequences of the fall that, again, is in Timothy. So it has nothing to do with you know political things. It has nothing to do with one better than the other. It is God's order and God's structure. So I want to make that comment because I just passed by the fact that she shouldn't even be a pastor, and biblically she should not. But I felt you needed some biblical backing as to why uh, we find that in the New Testament. And again, Paul says it, and then Paul links it back to the garden. Which, by the way, one last thing, Greg. Uh, when you read that passage, some will try to explain it away there in Timothy and say, well, that was just cultural. No, it's not cultural. Here's why. Remember, you have to read all the Bible in context to understand the Bible. It's a hermeneutical principle. And when he says that I don't allow a woman to have authority over a man, he says, for in the garden... Eve was deceived and Adam was not. So he links it directly to the garden, 
and shows that it's a consequence of the fall. Now, why is that so important? Because in the garden, there was no culture. There were two people. He leapt from his day over all generations and cultures and landed in the garden where there was no culture. There were just two people and said, in this context, a woman cannot have authority over a man, and it's the consequence of her fall. So that is not a cultural thing. It is a biblical thing due to the garden. Good. Uh, in horseshoes and hand grenades, I was only three verses off, so let me read this for everyone. Oh, okay. This is First John 4, 1, not 4, 4. Beloved, Heretic. do not... Heretic. I know. I'm sorry, go ahead. I know. Terrible. I'll be chastised after the show. <laughs> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Yeah, that's exactly right. There you go. The spirits are real. Just make sure they're not real demonic. Make sure they're of the Lord. Yes. All right, let's go into outer space and take a ride with George Jetson and look at solar flares. This is from Science Alert. The solar flare just knocked out radio uh, across the U.S. and more are on the way. Now, I know that we've had solar... Solar flares are not a new thing, Pastor Mark. Right. I know when it comes to satellites, um, twice a year, um, either satellites have to be corrected or there will be outages in satellites and you're... You know, that's communicated. And I only know this from the radio side of things that that becomes an issue. So how how is this any different from that? And how do we look at this as you know, an increasing thing prophetically. Yeah, I think there's two things to look at. Let's read the article, then we'll talk about those two things. Uh, On August 7th, the sun unleashed a powerful X-class flare that caused radio blackouts across North America. By the way, I think there are some that are boycotting the sun for that currently as we speak. (laughs) Space weather forecasts also predicted a combined Uh, cannibal coronal mass ejection. Cannibal? Uh, Yes, a CME. Wow. That erupted several days ago on August the 5th and would clip our atmosphere in a glancing blow. We don't have meat anymore. I don't know why you cannibal. There you go. Um, while it might well still produce a late arriving solar storm, forecasters now suspect it may have missed us altogether. Um, we might expect to see this sort of solar behavior increasing in the coming months as the sun escalates toward its peak in its 11-year activity cycle, which is normal, yeah. uh, predicted uh, to take place in July twenty. 25. Now, why did I, what, what does this have to do with, um, again, yes, sir. last days? A couple things. One is, uh, the Bible talks about creation groaning, and the sun is a part of creation. Sometimes we limit that to the earth in our mind, but creation is the, is the whole solar system. Creation groaning, you're going to see more and more of these type of events taking place, affecting radio broadcasts, affecting all kinds of things as it hits the earth. I think that's legitimate uh, creation groaning. But I do believe, and be aware of this, Signs of the Times listeners, I think you're also going to see maybe some shenanigans in different governments around the world, maybe blocking Internet, maybe blocking phones at certain times and certain things, certain seasons, um, as the world begins to be under the control of the spirit of Antichrist. And they'll probably use things like this, Greg, as an excuse. Oh, we got hacked. Or, oh, there was a solar flare when really, no, there's an election. Or, no, there's this. And, again, I'm just saying, just be aware. These are things that can be used down the road, uh, but it does play into the uh, signs of the times. All right, uh, speaking of signs of the times, this is our last sign. It's a good sign. We hope it is anyway. Uh, ChristianHeadlines.com, new law requires, quote-unquote, in God we trust, signs to be displayed in every Louisiana public school yeah. classroom. If this is happy, it's good in one way. It's, it's not really... It, no, it, as long it, as they truly are trusting in God, then it's worth well, it. Well, and also the problem is, is what does God mean to all the people today? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how effective this will be, but I think the gesture is nice. A new law in Louisiana requires all public schools to ensure in God we trust signs have been placed in classrooms. The law HB8 went into effect on Tuesday after the state's governor, uh, John, John Bell Edwards, signed it last month under the legislation, a display in God we trust, the national motto of the U.S., is mandated to be placed in every classroom, every building, and every school district across the state. So I want to give them a classroom score of A for, or E for effort and e A for, effort. for good job. Okay. But I want to also maybe say, really, as far as any type of effect this may have, uh, maybe, maybe F is too strong, a D might be, I'm not trying to pull away from our good news today, but the reality is, first of all, we have to define who God is for the world to today yeah and number two in god we trust i don't think that's going to affect many hearts i think we need the name of jesus in all these classrooms and the jesus of the bible because that's where our change takes place and for you today if you don't know the jesus of the bible because there's lots of jesus is out there you got to go to the one you find in the bible you're not going to know heaven but if you call out to him we talked about how he went to the cross for the joy set before him he paid our price in his blood we put him to death your sin put him to death 
Ask him to forgive you. Just ask forgiveness and receive what he's done. Run to him. Be a part of the kingdom. We want to welcome you to the family. And if you call us here at Calvary Chapel, then we'll, we'll talk to you about it. We'll get you with a pastor. We'll spend some time with you to help you get started in your walk. But Jesus is the answer uh, to all these things happening around the world. And he's our hope and the reason we have joy in the midst of the signs of the times. Because he's coming back. And it's not going to be long, so we need to be ready. This is true, Pastor Mark. As we like to say here, normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. There you go. So we need to be ready. Thank you so much. And folks, thank you for listening. As always, we direct you to thewaymedia.net or the Waymedia app for just more than signs of the times. You can listen to Pastor Mark's weekly Bible radio program, Come to the Table. Uh, you can also listen to our 24-hour radio station, WIAM, or listen to the ever-growing teachings from the Library of Calvary Knoxville as Pastor Mark is in Acts this Sunday. And we'll be back next Friday with more signs. Oh,